Live from the fish tank, it's your host Ronnie back with another episode of the DSAC Fantasy Podcast. We are starting our baseball position group power rankings this week, so that'll be fun. Uh, and we can get to that. Eh, let's put that at the end. That's what I'm sure you all want to listen to, so I'll do my uh, dumb rambling uh, and shit here first. And uh, speaking of that, let's uh, might as well just start with that, huh? Trade-wise, I think there's only two since the last time we spoke. Uh, Me trading Ben Joyce to Keefe in exchange for a million and a half. Ben Joyce was a lot of fun, but getting put on the IL and I uh, probably wasn't going to have the extension slots to bring him back at the end of the year. So I don't mind getting a few gifts out of him and then selling him for not nothing. Uh, the other deal was also Keefe. He acquired Andrew Abbott in exchange for Reese Olsen, Brandon Davis, and $15 million in cap space next year. Uh, mostly the money here, I got to think, because Brandon Davis is less valuable than an empty prospect slot at this point, I feel. And then you got Reese Olsen, who, you know, maybe he's something, but the fact that he's been like the 10th starting pitcher on Detroit step chart this year probably isn't inspiring to me. Uh, I think Andrew Abbott might actually be something. So I don't know if I would have necessarily done this deal if I were Ping, but that's also a lot of money in Ping's in his win now window. So, hey, makes sense to me. All right, let's do these recaps then, folks. Let me just adjust the uh, result of a certain matchup here that was uh, altered uh, in the last 24 hours or so. Because the first one we have to talk about is not that one. The first one we got to talk about is Nathan beating Keefe in what is one of the weirder score lines you'll see all year. A victory of 5-4-3. to four to three. All right, Nathan got six innings, five Ks, quality start, one five ERA from Herman, 13 innings, two quality starts, 10 Ks. 277 ERA, a 0.92 whip from McClanahan. Six and two thirds, nine Ks, quality start, zero ERA, 0.6 whip, nine K walk from Eflin. Three homers, eight ribbies from Paredes, and then nine ribbies from Brian De La Cruz. Keefe got three safe holds from Minter, seven innings, six Ks, quality start, 129 ERA, 0.86 whip, six K walk from Pablo Lopez. Seven innings, four Ks, quality start, 129 ERA, 0.71 one whip from Sandy. Six innings, six Ks, quality start, 15 ERA, 0.6 whip from Glasnow. Two quality starts, eight Ks, and a 9-2 whip from Brian Bayo. Ping beat Alex, 9-3. Ping got seven innings, nine Ks, quality start, 2-5-7 ERA from Paxton. 15 Ks, a .97 whip, and a 15 K ball from Garrett. Eight runs, three homers, nine ribbies, betting 4-29 with a 1-4-2-3 OPS from Freeman. Seven runs and a 4-17 average from Shrey Turner. Meanwhile, Alex got six innings, six Ks, quality start, a .67 whip, and a 6 K ball from Tanner Hulk. Six innings, eight Ks, quality start, zero ERA from Flaherty. Six innings, seven Ks, quality start, zero ERA. One whip from Bobby Miller in his DSAC debut. Love to see Bobby Miller doing well. It's a guy I've always liked. That's no secret. I hope he has a good career. Just maybe has some okay performances against the walleye and not elite ones down the line. We got Chris beating Mike 7-5 to retain the belt, as we all found out today, thanks to a 
random stat change from nearly a week ago now, turning a error into a hit, allowing Chris to just sneak by in batting average. Chris got her, uh, yeah, Chris got 13 in the third inning, 10Ks, two quality starts, a 2.7 ERA, a .9 whip from Oviedo, a 7 inning, 6K, quality start, 1.29 ERA, one whip, 6K wall from Tehran, uh, Six innings, AK is quality start, zero area, point eight three whip from Blake Snell. Man, imagine if Blake Snell had a two-star week. That could have been a big, big deal for Chris if he had two starts. Uh, three save holds from Estevis. Six runs, seven RBIs, batting 480 from Naylor. Seven runs, four homers, eight ribbies, batting 435 with a 1-5-4-3 OPS from Joe Ram. Mike, meanwhile, got six and a third, six Ks, quality start, one four two ERA, six K walk from Whitlock, nineteen Ks from Nola, seven and a third, eight Ks, quality start, zero ERA, point two seven whip, eight K walk from Wheeler, nine ribbies from Stevenson, five runs, three homers, six ribbies, two steals, betting five twenty six with a one six oh three OPS from Gunnar Henderson. Nut detonated on Paolo, nine to three. Nut got nine innings, twelve Ks, quality start, one whip, four four. Or sorry, one ERA, four four whip, infinite K walk from John Gray, twelve and a third, eleven Ks quality start, a point seven ERA, point seven nine whip, five five K walk from the Beebs. six innings, seven Ks quality start, zero ERA, point five whip, seven K walk from Owaka. five runs, two homers, six ribbies, betting four fifty with the one two five OPS from Jacques Peterson, thirteen innings, fifteen Ks, two quality starts, point six nine ERA, seven seven whip from Giolito, and a four. Run three homer eight RBI performance from Gary Sanchez. Those two from Paolo. We got Spom sneaking out a six to five to one win over Barry. Spom gets seven innings, six Ks, quality start, two five seven ERA from Dick Mountain. Seven innings, six Ks, quality start, zero ERA, point eight six whip from Kodai Senga. Three save holds and a zero ERA from Romano. Three steals from Ellie De La Cruz. Four sixty two average and a one six one one OPS with two homers from Soler. And a four twenty one average from Orlando Arcia. Meanwhile, Barry got seven innings, eight Ks, quality start, a 129 ERA, a .29 whip, and an infinite K walk from Lazardo, and then a 423 average from Cabrian Hayes. Although, as I mentioned in the chat, and I certainly won't miss the opportunity to mention again here on the podcast, if Barry had just kept Josh Lowe, who's actually hitting quite well, 13th best hitter by the power, uh, the player raider, uh, going into Monday. All Barry had to do was just keep him on the roster and put him in the lineup, and wouldn't you know it, Barry would have actually won this matchup 7-5 instead of losing five to six to one and lastly the walleye a freshwater fish went into the saltwater environment took a minute to acclimate but at the end of the month at the end of the week we had done so and we took down the whale seven four one folks that is last year's champion beaten last year's championship runner-up beaten and last year's first place regular season champion all on the road. The walleye are not something to mess with unless you are not those three teams, in which case you can probably mess with me an adequate amount. Anyways, six innings, seven Ks, quality start, one five ERA and a one whip from Dylan Cease. Seven innings, nine Ks, quality start, zero ERA, one whip and a four five K walk from Clayton Kershaw. Six innings, six Ks, quality start, zero ERA, point six seven whip, six K walk from Jordan Montgomery. Eight innings, nine Ks, quality start, zero ERA, .25 whip, infinite K walk from Corbin Burns. Nine runs, three homers, eight ribbies, three steals, betting 500 with a 1-6-3-3 OPS from Corbin Carroll. And the hero of the week, four runs, three homers, seven RBIs from Tyro Estrada, doing his damage on Sunday evening. Sealing the deal for the walleye.
on Josh's end, an unchar- and uncharacteristically uh, down week. Don't don't get it twisted, folks. The walleye got very very lucky here. Uh, so this is a lot that could have went wrong for the whale did. In it's one week out of nineteen. I got a feeling that the other eighteen weeks of the whale will be pretty damn good. Seventeen Ks quality start a four two five K walk from Kevin Gossman. Six innings, 8K is quality start, 1-5 ERA, a one whip and a 4K walk from Ranger Suarez. And offensively, three runs, three homers, seven ribbies, batting 409 with a 1458 OPS from Nolan Arenado. Category leaders for the week, Ping with 52 runs, Nathan and Mike with 16 homers apiece, Nathan with 59 RBIs, Ronnie with 13 steals, Ping with a 2759 average, Ping with an 8449 OPS, Mike with 97Ks, Chris, Keith, and Nathan with six quality starts. Nut with all three pitching ratios, a 2.481 ERA, a 0.892 whip, and a 4.917 K walk, and Spawn with eight save holds. Alex is players of the week. Corbin Carroll for Ronnie, Lucas Giolito for Paolo, and Felix Bautista for Chris. Barry's top fives, Carroll for Ronnie, Joe Ram for Chris, Gunnar Henderson for Mike, Freddie Freeman and Shohei Otani both for Ping. Pitchers, Blake Snell for Chris. Ooh, is that unfortunate. Shohei Otani for ping because ESPN doesn't know how to differentiate between batters and pitchers. Otani was not a good pitcher this week. Gilito for Paolo, John Gray for Nutt, Corbin Burns for Ronnie. Relievers, Felix Bautista for Chris, Shamanaya for Paolo, Rysel Iglesias for Nathan, Eric Swanson for Josh, Alexis Diaz for Kiefer. Let's pop on over now to the old standings. See how we are looking here after 10 weeks of DSAC Fantasy Baseball. The first place Connecticut Whale have a five-game lead on the walleye. Ping is charging up the leaderboard now. He is only seven and a half games back. Nathan is nine games back. Tom, Spom rather, are 10 games back. Chris is now 11 games back after being in seventh place coming into today. Valley Jobin has fallen down to seventh, 12 games back after that stat correction. Nutt is 13 and a half back. Barry is 15 and a half back. Keith is 17 back. Alex is 29 and a half back. And Paolo is a whopping 38 back. Look at the scoreboard now. See who is playing who this week. We got the second place Walleye in the sixth place Apes. We got the 12th place Paolo in seventh place Valley Jobin. Eighth place Nut. Ninth place Scunthorpe. 10th place The Queen. First place Whale. Fourth place Regulators. Third place Mudslides. Fifth place Flamingo. And 11th place frostbite should be a good week as always folks and now that you have listened to me ramble on long enough let's pop on over to the first position group power rankings of the baseball season 2023 all right and we now begin the baseball iteration of our position group power rankings how are we doing today mike on this fine fine burns day i am doing well how are you ronnie too bad every burns day is a good burns day so hard to be bad on this so we're about a little over halfway through the dsec regular season in terms of matchup periods i know the all-star break will technically be a two-week matchup which will throw the math off but for the 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 schedule's sake a little over halfway through so i feel like we probably have a decent idea of where certain players are at in their current abilities. So I think this is probably makes this a, a decent time to, to start this. No? Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, thanks for reminding me the last time I was on. I had honestly forgotten I'd agreed to uh, to go over the catchers with you, but this is a good uh, 
good check-in point midway through the season. Yeah. Um, not too early, not too late. If we did it too late, um, it would almost be like previewing next season. Um, but too early, we might still think that uh, James Altman is going to win Rookie of the Year. I'm sorry, well, <laughs> that was that, that was mean. Um, <laughs> uh, also, too, if we put it off a little later, we would probably run into trade deadline implications. And yeah, yeah. So timing wise, this is probably great. So as you mentioned, we're doing catchers today. Uh, the plan is we're going to combine first and third base and then second and short into just corner infield and middle infield episodes, just for the sake of uh, Mike's sanity and not being on a phone with me for like 10 weeks in a row. <laughs> for the sake of my marriage, we're <laughs> condensing the, uh, the pods. You ever seen the, uh, the, the movie where the Somali pirates hijacked the ship? I forget what it's called, but it, it's like the, look at me, I'm the captain now meme. Is that, I mean, I'm I'm maybe right above you in terms of pop cultural references, okay. so well, everybody's probably screaming into their into their phones okay. right now. Well, do you at least like know the the meme I'm talking about? Yeah, I was gonna say verbal meme. Yeah. Me looking at your wife. Look at me. I'm the wife now. Um, <clears throat> all right. So catchers, yeah. Um, I have five tiers here. I believe you uh, took the lazy route and just kind of look at what I gave you, and you're gonna just give your feedback on different things when you feel necessary. Yeah, you give me your SparkNotes version, so I'm All going right. off of that. Cool. So uh, dead last, and I'll, I'll be damned if one of these players is not trying at least a little bit to, to make this ranking look different, but I have Paolo. Um, he no longer has Nola when I first did this, but he does still have Gary Sanchez, Travis Arnaud, and then in the minors, he does have Kevin Parada, although I'm not sure how long Parada will stay at catcher, but I know he was shot as a catcher. So for the sake of this, he's still a catcher in my book. Uh, yeah, when like your best major league catcher is a guy who's been DFA'd twice already this year, um, probably not good. He's trying to make it not three, though. I mean, he's uh, he's been hitting the last month, right? Yeah, well, I mean... Uh, the the reason Sanchez is even doing so good is partially. I mean, he came in and displaced the other guy that Paolo dropped in Austin Nola. So, not that that's a an accomplishment, but something something leaving New York makes you better. I don't know. Hey, some guy. <laughs> hey, he, he the pressure be, of going from New York to San Diego, maybe. He was really good in, in New York before he got bad. <laughs> Those first two years were magical. After that, I have Spom. Uh, William Contreras is quality. Uh, I'm not sure what to make of Patrick Bailey, although Joey Bart, from a fantasy standpoint, looks kind of iffy, and I don't know if they've cut him yet. I know they've been talking about cutting Joey Bart. They may have. But, the Giants uh, or Spom? Spom. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think the Giants are cutting him quite yet. So for I don't I don't remember seeing that on the waiver wire news, but. Art may or may no longer be spawn property, but regardless, he's not been particularly great. And then Luis Camposano was a guy who was like a big name like three years ago, and I haven't heard anything from him since. So I'm going to assume he's probably not doing so great because last I knew he was in the Padres organization. And if the Padres decided to sign Gary Sanchez off the street, probably means Camposano's not ready or even close. Spawn dropped Joey Bart yesterday. Oh, all right. 
I did research on that. Um, you, I'm sure you know, and you've taken notice to William Contreras' improvements defensively. Yeah, there's that a, he's, <laughs> there was a foolish baseball video about it. Yeah. Or, sorry, a, a, a foolish Bailey video. He does both channels, but the foolish Bailey side is a little less serious. Um, if we're being honest here, I am very pro Victor Caratini when it comes to Brewers catching for uh, Corbin Burns. If you want to DH Contreras, go for it. But if I'm watching a Corbin Burns start, I would rather have Caratini behind the dish still. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to be superstitious about watching like one of his better starts of the year a, couple, a few weeks back was with Caratini. Maybe just keep it with Caratini. He did. He did pitch to Caratini his last start when he had his, the best start of his season so far. So but I have them there and. This is a different tier. Paolo is in his own tier. So this is tier four now. And tier four has two teams, the second of which is Chris. He has Dalton Varsho. And after a quick look at his team, nothing else, even in the minors. Um, he had this with basketball, too, with one of the positions where he just had center, like one or two guys. Okay, yeah. 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 Um, Varsho, uh, on paper, is pretty decent. As Chris said, the OPS is below 700, I think, this year, which I don't <laughs> think anyone really expected. Um, I think he's better than that. I mean, th this is Dynasty, you know, thinking of Dynasty, by the way, this isn't like strictly 2023. This is looking at least a few years into the future. But also, if you look a few years into the future, uh, Dalton Varsho will not be a catcher next year. Shit, right. He's barely played there at all this year, right? Or two. Has he? I mean, Toronto has Kirk, who we'll get to here shortly, in yeah. uh was Danny Jansen? Is he still there? I think so. Yeah. You're right. He might not have. So, if it is, it's only like if it is, it's only like one or two games, like you said. So, but regardless, I think a lot would have to happen for him to get to the ten mark. And Chris will have to go and figure out a catcher next year. But I'm not trying to factor that too much in here. But with a a, a case as high profile as Dalton Varsho. It's kind of hard to not at least let it cloud your mind a little bit. And he's got nobody behind him, so right, right. Yeah. So, moving on to tier three, there are four teams in tier three for me. Uh, the last of which is Nathan. He's got Kirk, Huff, Dingler, and Ruiz. Um, Kirk, I don't know how he's doing this year, but I know he's been quality over the last couple of seasons. So. Um, I mean, they're starting him a catch over Varsho, even though they think, well, they probably just think Varsho is more suited for the outfield. But Yeah, he's um, no no games played a catcher this year for Dalton Varsho. Yeah. So uh, on that pace, he's going to catch four zero games this year. A little uh, flex of my mathematic muscles there. Um, yeah, let me pull up uh, Kirk's stats real quick. I'm pretty sure he's doing, like, acceptable. Toronto's been pretty decent. He's not, not as good as last year. Oh, yeah. More what we expect, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, catch, solid number yeah. one. Yeah, catcher is a position where you, you know, you're just hoping for adequate at bats on a weekly basis. Um, you're not exactly out here uh, one a whole lot. So with with Kirk, I'm seeing a, a 684 OPS. Mm, not not great, but it's 29th on the player rater for catcher. That's, you know, about the same OPS as Dalton Varsho. Right behind Gary Sanchez. So, 
But what Nathan also has is he has it, Sam Huff, I believe, is a catcher in the Rangers organization, right? I know they've got a few catchers, so I don't. Yeah, it looks like Wikipedia says baseball catcher. So, in if I remember correctly, Sam Huff had some absolute tanks last year in the minors, like 500 footer, like home runs. So he's decent. They have Dylan Dingler, who's in the Tigers organization and is the only active baseball player I know who went to Ohio State. So got to ding him for that. No pun intended. And then he has Kiber Ruiz, who is, you know, is he up this year. In real life, see their catcher. Yeah. I, I believe at least partially. I don't. Yeah. I don't think Washington's starting him every game. But yeah, almost two hundred at bats already. So yeah, he's, okay, yeah, he's playing pretty regular. Game. Yeah. So there's almost a seven hundred OPS for Ruiz. He's honestly been better than Kirk this year. So yeah, maybe uh, the Hillsborough Hawks should uh, get down. Though. Never know. Uh, but yeah. So if, if Kirk and Varsho are if you probably give the slight edge to Varsho there from the performance this year, but when you look at the depth and the fact that Alejandro Kirk is going nowhere, uh, in part due to his athletic abilities, no no offense to to Alejandro Kirk, but uh, I don't exactly see him playing shortstop anytime soon. And I don't know if he has the uh, the first base flexibility that someone like G-Man Choi does. So we'll put, uh, we'll put Nathan ahead of Chris there. And then after Nathan comes Josh, he's actually got some some pretty good quality here. Salvador Perez is still Salvador Perez. I don't understand how this dude at this age, playing this many games over this many seasons in his career, still catches every day. Like he's been catching like 150 games a year for like over a yeah. decade now. It is just yeah. I don't almost 40. He's not that old. Is he? He's probably no. what like 34. Like 33. I don't know. Mid thirties is almost forty, but you know, with with uh, the demands of catcher, it's yeah prorated a little bit. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. Uh, he's having a good year again. Number two catcher and play reader. Um, totally don't regret trading him. Well, I'm I've got a, I've got an all right all right replacement now, but the the year or two I didn't have him was a little lackluster at that position. Yeah, he's he's incredible. I, I don't know what to say about him other than the fact that he seems to defy aging in physiology <laughs> i mean he's he's incredible big fan of his uh, and then behind salvador perez comes austin wells and ivan herrera um herrera is kind of blocked at the moment by uh wilson Contreras, and then austin wells is kind of blocked at the moment by not being a good defensive catcher um so well cool. wilson Contreras might not be long for catcher position if you look at st louis too so well, and then they immediately put him back at the position. So, it, it, yeah. you know, for an organization that has been as steady as St. Louis has been for the last, like, 20 years, you know, like, you, you want to look at, you know, franchises that, quote, unquote, do it right. St. Louis would be one of the top ones. They've been uh, – they don't know which way is up right now. It's, kind it's of fumbled that one. Yeah. Yeah. And Contreras, as you mentioned, has not been particularly strong this year. But – there's just a little less depth there for, for Josh. You got to think Perez is going to fall off a little bit, which is why he is down in tier three. Yeah. You know, just by, by age here. I mean, if you're looking at like this from like a three to five year window for Dynasty, Perez probably isn't long for the end of that window. And then I'm still kind of questioning Wells and Herrera, whereas I think Nathan has at least 
a little more certainty in his depth, or at least he has another kick of the can that Josh doesn't behind yeah. his starter. He's got another guy that's up right now. Yes. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Herrera, I think, has gotten sporadic um, uh, plate appearances this year, but they seem to like Andrew Nisner. I don't know why. Or Kisner. It's it's spelled like Nisner, but it's pronounced Kisner. I think. <laughs> Wild. You're the pronunciation guy. Yeah. I, I am anal about stuff like that, so you think I'd have that down by now, but pretty sure it's Kisner. So that's where I would have them. Um, ahead of Josh is going to be the owner with Salvador Perez's teammate. I'm going to have Keith here with MJ Melendez headlining it. I don't know how – let me look at his eligibility real quick. How many games has MJ Melendez caught this year? MJ Melendez has caught, okay, 10 games. So he's at least playing awesome. – Yeah. Yeah. He's at least playing semi-regularly. That's good. A catcher. He DHs a lot. I think they play him in the corner sometimes at outfield. But he's just younger than Perez. I think he's, I, I believe, in the bat with Melendez. It's not quite been there this year. But I think you can say that about a lot of catchers, to be honest. There's like five. There's one, two, three, four. Five. There's like, looks like five catchers that are currently on DSAC rosters that have an OPS above 800. So it's not exactly a, a strong position hitting. So I think you can deal with that for Melendez. And Keith also has someone whom he name dropped in the chat earlier. He has Bo Naylor, one of like 10 Naylors, and I believe they're all in Cleveland's organization. I'm looking forward to the day they rename themselves the Cleveland Naylors and just have a whole team full of Naylors. But he's been pretty productive in the minors so far. I mean, this is a little... As Keith alluded to, it is a little confusing as to why he's not played more or why he just isn't up at the moment. But I think yeah, having, he should be up. He yeah, should be up. I think when you look at both the age of Naylor and Melendez and their path to playing time over the next three to five years, I think that would be just enough to put them over Josh for me. It's all in the same tier. So I'm not saying there's this big gap there, but I would probably have Keith over Josh for that. And then right at the top of this tier, I'm going to have Nut. He does have the big dumper. He does have Jonah, he does have Jonah Heim, and Heim has cooled off a little bit for the last month or so, I believe. But he started off pretty hot, and his overall numbers are still pretty good. So, I am yeah, he's still him. he's still number four on the player radar, but yeah, his his last month has not been has not been there. Yeah, it's, he's he's been the Jorge Mateo of catchers this year. <laughs> Maybe not as as drastic, but. Yeah, and yet Cal Raleigh out here getting robbed by Ichiro Suzuki in batting practice. That's uh, it's not a great sign for him. No, uh, he's the, the power's been there for the most part with Raleigh. The uh, the last like month or so has been like really bad. He is slugging zero over the last seven days. Uh, he does not have a hit in the month of June yet, but you know he's he's still young. And I mean, hey. If he's going to hit 215 but hit, like, 25 homers, you can roster Cal Raleigh in this league. I, I can get behind that. I think I think you're talking yourself out of this ranking is <laughs> the more you go. <laughs> no. I mean, with, with Cal Raleigh, with Jonah Heim and Diego Cartea, Cartea um, I, I think there's just enough there. It's, it's, you know, Raleigh and Heim are probably – similar to Melendez and Naylor in terms of total value. You know, just kind of doing this off the cuff a little bit and having an extra kick at the can in Cartea. 
who is in a good developmental organization. I mean, there's there's something like there. And like you said, Jonah Heim has been, what you say, he's still number four on the player rider? Yeah, for player four on the player rider for yeah, catchers. I don't think if, if you, let's see, last 30, Jonah Heim at 18. Yeah. So, number two catcher. Yeah, but if, if you average out what he did the first month, the second month, I think right. his his overall numbers, his overall ratios, rather, will go down a little bit further, I think. But he's probably like a 260 catcher, 775 OPS-ish. He's, he's quality. I, I like Jonah Hyde. So I would have that as my third tier. Moving into tier two, uh, this is the fifth over, fifth overall team in the league. I have myself bit of a bit of a fall from my uh, my personal rankings last year when I did this alone, but I also traded away Henry Davis, so that'll that'll hurt me a little bit. But the only catcher I have my whole entire organization is Adley Rutschman. But man, if there's one catcher you want to have for Dynasty, Adley is in the discussion. I'm not going to say he is that because there are some very talented catchers we have yet to talk about. But at his age and what he's already doing. Uh, in the majors, big, big Adley Rutschman fan. Yeah, just looking at this, I'm surprised you have yourself this low, even with with only having the one, like arguably top top dynasty catcher. Yeah, I would say top three. five years. So, yeah, but no, there's in reality you don't want to start more than one or two anyway. I know I'm generally starting two, but that's not ideal. Um, yeah, looking yeah. at looking at this list, I'm seeing like maybe one. Yeah, I'm seeing like one team, maybe two, where you can look at this like think, okay, yeah, there's two catchers here that I think can actually work in my lineup. One of them is like a, a utility player, so it's. But yeah, you know, trying to trying to keep expectations in check for me personally, and then right ahead of me. There's the Henry Davis team with Alex. Um, admittedly, when I did this, I didn't really look too deep into the numbers here. So seeing that Wilson Contreras has a 653 OPS. <laughs> okay. I uh, did not expect it to be that low. So maybe there's reason to put me ahead of Alex. But Alex also has Henry Davis, who no matter what Ping wants to say about the other uh, Pirates catching prospect, I'm still on the Henry Davis train. I still think he's very quality. And then you also have Logan O'Hoppy and Shea Langoliers with Alex. And that is where it gets to the point where I want to move him ahead of me. Logan O'Hoppy was very good in his uh, brief stint before he got into shoulder issues. Uh, Shea Langoliers, I don't know how long he is for the catching position. I think Oakland may want to just DH him or play him at first. But I really believe in the bat with Shea Langoliers. So I think you looked at just the fact that Alex has four four people currently with the catcher eligibility, and I believe that all four of them will be viable fantasy baseball players. So. And Wilson Contreras is understanding the assignment with Alex this year being terrible, and then after him, just a bunch of darts in the minor leagues for maybe the next year or two when Alex starts to get competitive again. I would say it's a little, a little more than darts there with with, with those <laughs> names, but yeah. So I see. Hoppy had the uh, the Tatis injury, right? The labrum, like this, like. Uh, 
Yeah, I guess that technically had. I, Bellinger is the one I always go to and think of shoulders, but him is more sub subluxation. Is that the right? Yeah. I'm, I'm used to, uh, you know, my shoulder sublux, but I was trying to think of, okay, what is the, like the, not like one incidence of it, but the general. Recurrence. Yeah. Yeah. Like instability. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you have instability, you're more prone for recurrent subluxations, dislocations, and that usually um, coincides with like labrum issues. I'm yeah. looking it up now. Yep. I know this is a fantasy baseball episode of this podcast, but <clears throat> Delvin Cook. <laughs> Delvin Cook has been doing this for torn, years. Yeah, torn labrum for uh, Ohapi. Yeah. But, you know. I, I still believe in him long term, too. Yeah. So, halfway through Tier 2, now let's get into the top half of Tier 2. Uh, hey, it's you. Sean Murphy uh, and, uh, and Tyler Stevenson. <laughs> but I'm a big Sean Murphy fan. I was a big Sean Murphy fan going into this season, and he's, quite frankly, outshone my expectations. So, Number one catcher on the player radar for the year. Yeah, pretty pretty darn good. He's got a nice ass, too. Um, sure does. <laughs> Too, too big for the gifts. <laughs> and then you have Tyler Stevenson, who's been, you know, all right. As you said, probably not a guy you want in your utility slot, but, you know, if he's, you know, flexing in a couple days a week in your lineup or if his schedule lines up to catch or to be in the lineup when uh, when you have Murphy, who's, you know, maybe sitting for the day, it's a good good thing to have. Today. <laughs> it's exactly what happened today. Oh, well. Sean Murphy's all there in a rain delay, too, but he was, he's out of the lineup to start the day. Was he still in a rain delay? Yeah. Okay, I live like a 20, 25-minute drive from the ballpark. I, I've seen maybe like two drops of rain all day. Like, I understand weather can be different over the course of a few miles, obviously, but like, how are they still in a rain delay? That's wild. All right, anyways, we're not here to talk weather. We're here to talk fantasy baseball. Uh, yeah, uh, so far, I know you haven't really pushed back on a ton. Where do you feel you deserve to be? Do you feel this is about right for you, or do you think the two teams I have not mentioned uh, would be below you? No, see, I don't like what you did here. If you ranked yourself lower than where I would have ranked you. Like, I think Alex is in the right spot, top four. I think I'm top five, but I don't think I'm necessarily in the top three, especially when you like get to the top. Like You want to have somebody who's long-term, like a top-five dynasty catcher. And Sean Murphy's been great this year. I mean, I extended him for four years, but he's almost 30. Um, the guys ahead of me have a, have a catcher in that quality, but they also have a prospect or two um, that'll take the reins ahead of them. So I honestly, if I'm looking at this based on yours, I probably would flip you and me. Put myself at five, and I, I don't. I don't like that you're making me do that live on air. <laughs> Maybe that was uh, subconscious mind games there. I'm purposely doing this yeah. to get you to praise me. It's it's like that episode of The Office where Michael wishes someone a happy birthday and they get all confused. He's like, oh, I thought we had the same birthday. We're all on you, Ron. Yeah. No, but I, to be honest, I would have thought Murphy was not nearly 28, 29. I probably would have yeah. thought he was like 27, maybe. But even then, I still think Sean Murphy is going to be a star for the next, you know, three to five years. Steven, yeah, Stevenson's, you know, 25, 26, too. So he's on a pretty cheap deal. But 
I don't think either of those guys have the pedigree of some of the prospects that haven't been called up yet or or Adley or Ohapi. So I think I'm in the right tier. I would just probably have myself a little bit lower. All right. Well, hey, if you want to, to think so lowly of your guys, maybe that's why they haven't been responding very well this year and you've had some up-and-down performances. They don't feel they have the, the support of their uh, their general manager. This is all reverse psychology trying to get them to win my affection back and perform better. All right. Now that you're uh, playing armchair psychologist here with yourself, let's go to the top team in Tier 2, where I have Barry. And here is where I give Barry a chance to get all anger before saying, I don't actually have Barry here. I have Ping here. I just want to get that reaction. I'm sure he's going to get really heated there for two seconds before he hears that. But I do have Ping here. It is hard to seriously bet against JT, Real Muto still. While I would have Murphy ahead of Real Muto for Dynasty, I think at this point, maybe I'm dumb. I would rather have Murphy than Real Muto. But ND and Wong over Stevenson. And then you said this to me too. Who's the guy I forgot? You have another guy in your system who I overlooked. What is the scrub's name? Oh, man. Uh, Corey Lee, the Astros. <laughs> I like how it took, like, it took you like half a second, like, oh, shit, what is his name? Um, yeah, so uh, I didn't even know he was a catcher, so probably not playing into this. We're going to get back to pink here. So, yeah, the Murphy over Real Muto, but Real Muto and Andy over Murphy and Stevenson for me. I think it's pretty close, but that's where I would have that. Although... Actually, I think Andy has a chance to have catcher eligibility long-term. If I were the Pirates organization and I were planning out how to balance having Andy and Henry Davis on the team at the same time, I would have Henry Davis behind the plate most of the time with Andy kind of being like a bit of a utility guy, kind of like in the Varsho mold, kind of bouncing around between catcher and other positions. I think both of them have enough enough hit tool to, to DH on their days off if they really want to before they get too old. So I think I can see a, a way here for Andy to maintain catcher eligibility for a decent amount of time here. So Yeah, I think it'd probably split that. First base, I mean, that's what Tyler Stevenson did a lot last year, just trying to keep him healthy, play first base on your days off, play uh, DH. And if Andy's pretty athletic, you know, stick him in one of the corner outfielders and do the bar show, like you said. So I would have Ping there. And then that, of course, leaves Barry all alone in Tier 1. He's got Will Smith, who is a top three dynasty catcher for me at the moment still. And then right behind him, he has another guy who's making the case to be a top five dynasty catcher. He's he's only been up for, what, like two-thirds of the, of the season so far, but he's like top five, I think, on the player writer, and Francisco Alvarez. Um, we, can, we can ignore the, the tattoo he has on his deck that says the best. And we can ignore the fact that I don't know how to phrase it, but when I look at a picture of him, he almost just looks like he's like AI generated. Like, like he <laughs> just picture now. Like yep. he just doesn't quite look real. Like I don't know how to. Like think. he's a creative player. Like when you create. Okay, a player that's, on yeah, that's probably a better way to show. describe it. Yeah. yeah, he looks more like a creative player than like an actual person. But I don't know. Just just. A weird a thing stare. Yeah, it's probably what it is. And then, if that's not enough, he also has Gabriel Moreno in the minors, uh, who's been playing for the most part for for Arizona, I believe. I'm pretty sure he's still getting regular at bats. 164 at bats on the year, yeah. Uh, hitting 280, 
that's pretty good. The power has not been there to this point, but and hey, he's not quite playing every day. But I, I do still. No, but if he's your third catcher, you're in a, you're in a good position. Yeah, there's one, two, three, four. I'd say more than half the league, he would be their second catcher on, on their dynasty ranks. Yeah. And like you said, he's he's the third guy in this in this debate for Barry. So that's a, a pretty good thing to have here for Barry. We'll see how how he handles that. You got to think he probably keeps Smith and Alvarez. Maybe you can dangle Moreno for an upgrade somewhere, or maybe you just keep them all just in case. Because you know Will Smith's probably getting to an probably getting to an age. He's not even old, but I think he's around Sean Murphy's age, right? Is he not? Will Smith's Dodgers. He's twenty-eight. Yeah, he's twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. So I don't know what the Dodgers will do, oh, but. I could maybe see a work. Well, they have their main DH right now is JD Martinez. He's getting kind of old. I would not be surprised if in three years Will Smith is DHing more than he is now. So. Yeah, the Dodgers tend to value flexibility and yeah. not uh, not pigeonhole people in one position so they can move them around for sure. Yeah, I mean Chris Taylor is a pretty good example of that. You have another good example. Uh, <laughs> as I say, you have another good example who will feature in on an obnoxiously large amount of these. Well, it's only two of them, but he's going to have yeah. eligibility for three positions. All three of them are like premium fantasy positions, and I uh, I don't like that from a from a, a standpoint of someone who's competing against you. But, yeah. So overall, here, despite the fact that you think I'm better than I am, and you think you're worse than you are. Uh, any any uh, pushback here on where I've had some of these teams? Um, I thought, well, I thought going in that Varsha was playing, was catching more than he has been. I was going to have him a little bit higher um, just when we started talking about it. You sent me this. Um, I thought Varsha should have been maybe pushing Chris into the next tier up. Um, but if he's not going to retain catcher eligibility for next year, he's probably probably ranked appropriately. Um, I think I like William Contreras a little bit more than you do. He's younger. If he's going to be a better defensive catcher, he's probably going to stick at the position longer. Um, and if the Giants are, are moving on from, from Bart to Bailey, I mean, they've got both of them. So they could have two quality catchers going forward for a while. I think you had not a little bit too high just because I don't think of I mean if Jonah Heim was as, as good as he was in March and April then I'm wrong but I don't think of either of those guys as like a sure sure thing for a for a first catcher or a dynasty team that's fair that, that's definitely one like I could see not maybe fluctuating pretty much anywhere within Within that tier, I think you could make pretty strong yeah. arguments for Keith, Josh, or Nathan over him, but just because like their number one is better than his number one, yeah. and if you're only starting one, you know what I mean? Yeah, Nut is starting two of them though. He, or I, I don't know how how routinely, but he does roster both of them. So, okay. Other than that, you know, just pretty standard there. I had you on for a rankings podcast. Do you agree with me on everything? Because you're just so you're just so much like me. It's a little odd. 
Gunnar Henderson Grand Slam. Oh. Let's go. Well, hey, it's a good thing I had ratio, my booty. <laughs> hey, well, that'll make you have to have a few solo shots to to bring that ratio back into into where it needs to be for you there. I'm sure. Yeah, this yeah, I'm just happy we're hitting the ball today. Yesterday was brutal. I just four hits yesterday. Full lineup. You had a full lineup yesterday? Wow. That's uh, mm, <laughs> I had like mostly. I had seven guys <laughs> yesterday. But I also had six hits. So Michael Harris uh, was really carrying the load I for had, me there, and Corbin Carroll was uh, not too bad himself. I had nine guys going yesterday. Oh wow. Daniel Lowe, Marcus Semyon combined over thirteen. <laughs> How did they get? How many runs did Texas score? They lost nine to six. So I don't know what was happening. All the runs were scoring, but not by them. That is impressive. I, I, I went always, twelve. So okay. I always like to look, yeah. I like to look at those those like box scores. You like, wow, this team was like fantastic offensively, and you look at like, wow, like three of their guys did nothing. How does that work? It's like they well, your, uh, your guy went one for six with a single and he left on base. It's like, come on. Like, okay, I'm sure all the Rangers in this game did it, but do you remember the uh, the Rangers Baltimore game like shit, it's like 15, 16 years ago now? It was a 30 to 3 game. Oh, I'm vaguely, yes. So I'm going to pull the box score here because Texas, <laughs> the bottom of Texas's lineup was absurd. Oh, uh, shout out Wes Littleton. He recorded a save in that game. <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, eight or sorry, the seven, eight, and nine hitters for Texas all had the most hits of the whole team that game. David Murphy, not Daniel. David Murphy was five for seven. Jared Saltlamacchia was four for six with seven RBIs. And this R. Vasquez, I don't know what his name is. Ramon Vasquez, I've never heard of this man in my life, also went four for six with seven RBIs. That's absurd. So it's 30 to three? Yeah. And other other guys in this lineup, Ian Kinsler was only three for seven. Michael Young was only two for five. And Nelson Cruz was only two for seven. Also, uh, Frank Catalanato and Marlon Bird in this lineup, too. Marlon Bird? Yeah. I, I just... Oh, this guy. Yeah, like when you were talking about, you know, a, a big offensive performance with some guys doing nothing, it made me think, like, the fact that Jared Salt, I knew Salt Lamakia had a huge game in this 30-3 game. So I just trying to think, like, you know, big offensive performances and the guys you would expect to be carrying the load or, uh, or not doing that. And that was apparently the case for you with your two, uh, yeah. your two guys. Over 13. Oh, well. You know, it happens... Uh, I mean, hey, what's the, that's not the worst thing that's happened to you in the last 24 hours for fantasy baseball. You know, it would be really funny if I pretended to be more mad than what Alex did when he lost in the finals. Just like uproar because of a, I mean, let's be real. That was an error, right? Okay, if, if. That was an error. If that was my pitcher, I would definitely say that's an error. I'll, I'll put it that way. But because it caused me to lose, you're going to take the other side. Oh, no, I'm not trying to trying to say that. I'm just trying to be like putting myself in the shoes of if that impacted me, I would be clamoring about to be an error. So. We would have all we would have all learned of that Sunday, not on Tuesday. 
Because well, that play, right? <laughs> when, when, when was the correction officially made? I, was it on Sunday? I don't, I don't know. No, there's no I way because I, was... I, I did the recap. I did all of my typing up yesterday. It was so 6 6 yesterday. So that was done either last night or today. But, but what was the at bat? Like, what, what game was that from? I think, was that from I, think, Sunday game? I think Spencer said it was from a Wednesday. Oh, <laughs> like, I just like, I took the idea of like five days later, like, you know, let's actually go look back on this meaningless play. Actually, that, I that's... think that, that might be an error or might not be an error. That's more fishy than the Jaron Jackson Jr. block conspiracy. <laughs> Somebody's trying to get Joe Ram the batting title. They're just like, no, that was a hit. I mean, maybe. I've, we've seen crazier things happen. But yeah, that was wild. That was <laughs> just the sheer absurdity of it being that many days late and it actually happening to overturn this because, you know, like, like Alex said, the hitting, the batting average was just razor thin. Is to just enough to, to put Chris over the ledge with this. Well, and, and flipping that category, he's now in a in a playoff position, whereas I was I was yesterday. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I, I knew Chris I was still six at... after last week. Now I'm seven. He's six. Ooh, well, you know, hey, uh, crazier things have happened, right? I mean, right. Yeah. Uh, ooh, Corbin Burns, two innings, no earned, four Ks. Love to see it. So. It's middle of the third, which means he's coming up the pitcher in the bottom half. We've done everything with the catchers here. Anything else you add for this, or should I let you get back to your wife and I can be- get back to Corbin Burns? No, I've uh, I got nothing else to add. All right. Well, I look forward to speaking with you for our next episode, where you also probably have not much to add. But hey, having a second <laughs> voice here to tell me how good I am is—I'm not going to say no to that. So I'm looking forward to middle infield. Let's just say that. Yeah. Well. We can do that. I think we should probably do corners first, right? I mean, just logically, that makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah, probably. I'm, I'm not trying to. Like, I'm not looking forward to that one. I'm not trying to like you know delay your gratification there, but just in, in the even in the way of the diamond, you know, it's one is pitcher, two is catcher, and then three is yeah. first base. So going around the diamond, it would make sense to do. All right, first, so yeah, <laughs> no, that sounds good. Hey, sounds it'll good. give you. I mean, Betts already has 2B, but it'll give you more time for him to pick up shortstop, too. So it won't affect your yeah. ranking at all, but no. you'll be able to, to parade that around. So, all right. Well, thank you very much. We get to get out of here before your original time frame ended. So have a, have a great rest of your night. And uh, thanks, as always, for your feedback. I appreciate it from a closet of walleye fan. No problem. Have a good night, Ron. You too. Alrighty, a big thank you to Mike for coming on and contributing to the content with me for baseball, as he is one to do uh, very frequently. Always appreciate having that second voice there to help keep me uh, in check, or, well, the exact opposite happened this time, but you know what I mean. Uh, With that being said, I don't think we got anything else going on here. Hockey and baseball, or basketball rather, regular season, uh, or regular season, the real-life playoffs, wrapped up the Denver Nuggets won the NBA championship the Vegas Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup uh that means that our off seasons will uh, be starting here pretty pretty quickly for those two sports in fantasy purposes looking forward to digging back into basketball digging back into hockey and seeing uh what I gotta do with all of my decisions to make and what you all will choose to do with your decisions you have to make so 
that being said, thank you very much for listening, and I will catch you all next time.